You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Chuck Swirsky on 670 The Score. Hour number two. Always a pleasure. Tyre Fellinger is uh, spinning the dials here, and we appreciate it very much. And uh, we got Darnell Mayberry of The Athletic. And again, the Bulls sent a couple of future second-round picks to Washington. 35th pick overall, Julian Phillips, who is a big-time recruit, by the way, from uh, the state of South Carolina. Only one year at Tennessee, but very, very athletic, excellent defender, defensive ratings off the charts, needs some help shooting the rock, but he posted the highest vertical leap at the NBA Combine. 43 inches. All right, so Darnell, what's happening? Good to have you with us. Let's talk about Julian Phillips. Do you know anything about this kid? You pretty much just put it in a nutshell for me, Chuck. I appreciate that. Uh, You know, it's not a prospect that I was familiar with uh, before tonight, but I like the tools that I'm hearing about in terms of his athleticism, uh, the vertical leap, uh, the defensive uh, ability. Uh, those are all things that you, any NBA team, any roster uh, can use. And I, and I do applaud the Bulls for uh, making a, a move to be aggressive and move up into the second round uh, and come away with a, a prospect who they can potentially develop and, and get something out of uh, moving forward. Yeah, uh, develop maybe in a Derek Jones Jr., Javante Green kind of mold, do you think? For sure, Derek Jones Jr. I mean, we just saw... Uh, the report a day or two ago that he's opting out uh, of his player option, declining that. And so uh, that creates room uh, for another rangy, long, athletic wing player like Justin uh, Julian Phillips. Uh, I'm thinking of Justin Lewis because he's another guy who, who kind of fits that description as well. And, and if he can come back from that knee injury that he sustained, uh, you know, the, the Bulls are layering their roster now when you include Dalen Terry in that mix as well. Uh, and we can't forget Patrick Williams is still young. So they've got some, some six, six, eight, six, seven guys who can really get after it and play with a lot of energy uh, and bring some defensive intensity to the court. Yep. And, and again, uh, by all accounts, just reading this during a commercial break from various uh, scouting reports on Julian Phillips, again, drafted 35th overall in a deal with Washington for a couple of second round picks. The, the story is that uh, he shot 41% from the field, took six shots per game, shot 24% from behind the arc, and took less than two three-pointers per game. But um, Peter Patton, apparently, according to published reports, has been added as the shooting coach, and he had an excellent reputation in Minnesota along with Dallas, 
and he's coming back home. In fact, I used to do the play-by-play for DePaul when he played in the backcourt for Joey Meyer. And so, you know, you take a guy like Phillips, and if if Peter Patton can break his game down with his mechanics, maybe they'll get something on the offensive side. And, and you know what, Chuck? I'm not so much as worried about what they get immediately is, is how they develop him for the long term. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times what, what we do in the media and – fans a lot, you know, even teams uh, in the decision-making uh, chairs. I think a lot of times people look at what players can't do instead of what they can do, uh, and then that can lead to, to bad, rash decisions and not letting players develop and grow into the players that they're going to be. So, uh, yes, he's going to have to improve on that jump shot, and that's going to be a big key to his development but if you do look at sort of what the bulls are trying to do it starts it's starting to make sense i mean they, they need to add some shooters at some point and and i do believe that they're going to probably try to attack that in free agency but surrounding uh star players like zach levine demar Derozan, and nikola vucevic with uh gritty defenders athletic players wing players who can go out there and do the dirty work I don't think that's such a bad idea. I, I agree with you. Tell me about Dale and Terry. What are you expecting out of Terry in 23-24? You know, I'd like to see him get some more minutes. I mean, that, that'd be the first thing. I think he only played about 214 total minutes. It was the 13th fewest uh, among all rookies who played last season. So I'd like to see that come up a lot more. I mean, when he got some of those uh, minutes late in games, you could see, and even the, the, the rare opportunities that where he played earlier in games, you could see uh, his energy, his effort, uh, the impact that he would have, either whether it was defensive rebounding, pushing in transition. I'd like to see him uh, improve on those things to do it more consistently. But the first thing is he's got to be able to get on the court. Darnell Mayberry has joined us right here on 670 The Score. You read Darnell, or we hope you do, uh, with The Athletic, and he does an outstanding job along with the staff members at The Athletic around the country providing excellent NBA coverage. And, and so going into the, uh, to the draft today, Darnell, when you woke up this morning, what were you, were you anticipating from the Bulls? You know, there was a lot of trade chatter, uh, whether or not Zach Levine would be traded, whether or not uh, DeMar DeRozan would be traded, and if the Bulls were, were looking to rebuild or retool. And we just didn't know. Uh, what the front office was thinking. We we had to take them at their word and say that they wanted to maintain continuity, uh, but but at the same time, coming off of a 40-42 and 42 season where you missed the playoffs, uh, it's hard to take that at face value and say, you're going to bring back everyone and, and try this again. So I was anticipating seeing something uh, perhaps bigger than moving into the third or second round for the 35th pick. Uh, but as you're seeing tonight, no star players are being moved. And so uh, you can't really fault the Bulls for, for not pulling the trigger on that if if the league is not doing it as a whole. And I think that's probably going to happen a lot more closer to July 6th when uh, the moratorium is lifted and, and, and player movement really starts to get going. Yeah, and, and that player movement may start in Portland, right, with Damian Lillard? You would You would expect that to see that now that they have – uh, drafted Scoot Henderson third overall, uh, and they, they also kept, I believe it was the 24th pick, got another young prospect uh, in that selection as well. So Portland looks like they are accumulating young players uh, maybe for a rebuild, and if that's the case, I think Damian Lillard is on record in saying that he does not want to be a part of a rebuild, and 
but is also loyal to Portland. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Blazers handle that Damian Lillard situation. Yeah, because uh, apparently that is on the A-list of of the next shoe to drop, so to speak, a cliche, but it's true regarding Lillard. And, and, and here's the story, and Joe Cowley was on earlier, and we were talking about the fact that the good news for Damian Lillard is he's locked in for a very long-term deal at close to $60 million a year. But it wrecks havoc with your cap, especially with the new CBA. So, But once Portland makes a decision, and if they move them, then the teams that are left out of the, you know, the derby, so to speak, for Damian Lillard may revisit other players in the NBA and say, okay, like we, we missed on Lillard. Let's look at the big picture and see who's out there, right? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, and that might be one of the big keys to whether or not the Bulls are ready to trade Zach Levine and what the market says that they can get for Zach Levine if they are even interested in, in looking for a package uh, centered on, on, on Levine. But uh, it, once that domino drops and Damian Lillard, I think you will see the floodgates open a little bit more and, and, and so much chatter with all of these other star players around. Uh, I think there's going to see a lot of movement in early July. And, and tell me about the free agent situation with the Bulls as far as Kobe White. is. Do you feel he's ready to assume a starting role with this ball club or would you still like to see him come off the bench? Yeah, I don't get a great read from Billy Donovan on you know him seeing Kobe White as the starting point guard for this team. I mean, he had early opportunities and it was kind of yo-yoed in and out of the lineup. But and it just seems like from the coaches' seat, it it feels like Billy Donovan prefers him uh, in more of a six-man type of a role, a scorer off the bench, a shooter uh, who they can rely on and go to when when he's got the hot hand more than the team leader orchestrating the offense and and getting everyone organized. But I do love what I saw out of Kobe White, especially in the second half of last season, how he improved and and grew his game and and his leadership ability, especially with the ball in his hands and making plays for others. All right, so you've got Kobe. We talked about, uh, you know, the situation with Vooch. He apparently is going to return. One would think that is the case. Tell me about Ayo Dosubu. And and where do you see his game going? Yeah, he's a guy that I really have my eye on. I think it'd be a mistake if the Bulls weren't able to keep him. Uh, you know, they found a second round steal uh, in IO, and I think you just when you get that, you try to your best to develop them and 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 make it work. Especially him being a hometown Chicago guy. So uh, if if you can make it work with IO, he's big, he's strong, uh, he's got a lot of two way potential. Uh, with the ball in his hands, making plays for others, like I just said about Kobe White, but also, uh, you know, he was getting better catch and shoot whenever he had to be in the corner and and be a a secondary option. You know, defensively, he was guarding some of the best players in the league, like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Even as a rookie, Chuck, you remember what he did going into Boston? I think he was 10 for 10 one night uh, in the Boston Garden. So he just has a lot of potential, I think, still uh, to be tapped into in, in the Bulls. I think would make a huge mistake letting him go. So in the free agency market, once the Bulls take care of their own, um, do they have enough to go out and get an impact player? Or do you think they're just going to have to pick and choose here and there to see if they can fortify their bench or even to go after a starting point guard? But a starting point guard in this league 
isn't going to come cheaply. I mean, you're going to have to give up something. And, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't know what that means, but I mean, so where do you see them kind of filling the void of, of positions they need? And that's the thing. I think to get an impact player, you have to give up either DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, you start there. Uh, there's talk about Alex Caruso, maybe what they could get for him. I, I don't think that that would be wise to trade one of your biggest impact uh, players in terms of winning if you're trying to, to maintain continuity and, and really make the playoffs and make noise in the playoffs. So uh, I would be surprised if that's their their course of action, but then trade Caruso. So you're right. They, they have some decisions to still figure out. I think that they're maybe some, some fringe trades that they can make. I've mentioned Furkan Korkmaz uh, a, a while, a couple times this offseason, saying he's a guy in Philadelphia who's just sort of riding away on the bench. And if you could go out and get him, uh, hope that he can plug in and become one of the elite shooters for your team. I think that's sort of the fringe types of deals that are out there that the Bulls have to look at. You know, Darnell, and you tell me, are, are we close right now? Have you heard uh, regarding um, when they're AK and Mark, whether they're talking – soon or what What are we looking at time frame yeah i think they're probably going to wait to the end of the draft but uh you know we're only about 10 11 picks away here now so that they should be talking here pretty soon oh good well i can keep you on the line a little bit longer if you don't mind i i <laughs> I, I do want to uh darnell talk about the eastern conference for a moment and again this is very very early um very early um but we you know we also saw some teams you know, kind of in the mix for some players when there was some interest, um, you know, regarding uh, some trades uh, along the line. And, you know, Boston shook things up. Uh, honestly, I was I was taken aback. I didn't think Marcus Smart would get traded simply because I thought, and I still believe he was the heart and soul of that ball club with all due respect to Tatum and Green. There was something about the makeup. I'm a huge Marcus Smart fan, but maybe the price tag was just, you know, you couldn't pass up getting two first-round picks. Um, but what what do you think of the East right now going into free agency? It's interesting because of what, you know, everyone's looking at what Boston did. And I, I, I you know, even if it doesn't make the most sense, I mean, uh, on the court, I do understand the picks that they were able to get, and that, that was smart. But I look at Washington uh, going in a different direction. Um, you know, the, you've got – teams that are making decisions to go for uh, either fortifying their teams or figuring out a different direction. And, you know, that's the biggest thing that I'd like to see the Bulls do um, and, and just uh, adopt a, a philosophy that is obvious and clear for everyone to see uh, and, and pick that direction and, and stick with it. And so uh, I do applaud even Washington. I mean, people are ridiculing them for not getting picks for, for Chris Stapps and Bradley Beal, but, uh, you know, they, they cleared a lot of money off of their books, and Boston is uh, positioning themselves to, to be right back in the thick of it next season. Uh, and so you got to tip your cap to those GMs for picking a direction. Yeah, which tells me if Porzingis, Porzingis is going to start, so you're going to have Robert Williams come off the bench. And the way I look at it this way, they get two number ones, and Porzingis opted in on his $36 million, okay? So Boston basically has one year to look at this guy to say, number one, how productive is he with players like Tatum and Green around him? Secondly, um, if it turns out that it just wasn't, 
you know, in the cards and it, the mix wasn't there. Chemistry was a little bit off. They got $36 million coming off the books that they can put in so they make sure they don't lose Jalen Brown, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's a lot of it is, is salary cap gymnastics. And, and you mentioned losing Marcus Smart. It's funny, Chuck, that they seem like they replaced him with a guy named Marcus Sasser. Uh, you know, it sounds like he's got some of the same makeup as Marcus Smart, who they drafted tonight, uh, Marcus Sasser. So it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, fits in when he when he uh, gets to Boston. So uh, it's a lot of movement happening. Like I said, as we get into July, I think it's going to be a lot more. And uh, from a Bulls standpoint, you, you just hope and, you know, you want to see them in, involved in, in improving the roster as best they can with the limited resources they have. Yep. Well, I think it's going to be intriguing to see what happens with James Harden, whether or not he returns to Philadelphia. $60 million in cap room for Houston. We know how much Harden loved to stay with the Rockets. But the other point that I want to bring up, two teams, and they're separated by just a few miles, and that's Brooklyn and New York. I still think New York wants to make a splash because, number one, it's uh, New York. And secondly, I do think the Knicks feel that they are a player away from even getting into the top three in the Eastern Conference. Whether that's accurate or not remains to be seen. But now, with the Durant trade, Brooklyn has cap leverage where they can go out and get another player. And it it, it certainly is very apparent they do not want to trade Mikhail Bridges um, because I'm sure Portland was knocking on that door uh, going into the draft. So what what do you think of the mindset right now of the Knicks? What do you think it is? You said the Knicks or the Nets? Both. The Knicks, you know, there's a lot of smoke with, with Zach Levine. You just see all of the, the rumors with, with Levine, and I could see how that would make New York better. Um, I could see how that would take a little pressure off of Zach playing with the best point guard he's ever had in Jalen Brunson. Um, but – you know, it's, it's it's hard to see how they can find common ground there uh, if they're even talking uh, still. But from a Brooklyn standpoint, I would have done that deal, um, getting getting the picks and Anthony Simons, uh, potentially Shaden Sharp from Portland, uh, and, and giving up Mikael Bridges uh, if I'm Brooklyn because those three, uh, you have a shot at Scoot Henderson, uh, Anthony Simons, and Shaden Sharp. I mean, that would have been an incredible haul uh, to get to get in return for Mikael Bridges. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Nets do moving forward after passing on, uh, seemingly passing on uh, a couple of opportunities to uh, go in a different direction. Very much so. Well, listen, Darnell, I appreciate your time very, very much. You know, I know, I see, we've been talking basketball. I know you're a Vikings fan. But you got to give the Bears some props here. I mean, do, do you think the Bears are going to be in the thick of it and could win the uh, NFC North? You said it right, Chuck. I'm a Vikings fan. I hope they don't win the NFC North. I hope the Vikings win the NFC North. <laughs> I'm sure that got me a, a lot of fans on your Oh, program. yeah. <laughs> All right, Darnell, I'll let you go. Thanks so much. Thanks, Chuck. All right, Darnell Mayberry of The Athletic joining us right here on 670 The Score. This is Chuck Swirsky, 1123 in the great city of Chicago. And again, we will hear from AK and Mark in a few minutes, and we'll carry that live right here on 670 The Score uh, as uh, the 
Bulls made a trade with the Washington Wizards, acquiring the 35th pick in the draft. Julian Phillips will tell you more about Phillips in just a few moments right here on 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Chuck Swirsky on 670 The Score. Our NBA draft coverage continues right here on 670 The Score. Always a pleasure as the uh, Bulls made a deal with the Wizards, sending a couple of future second-round picks, acquiring the 35th overall pick, and that pick 6'8", Julian Phillips out of the University of Tennessee, averaged eight points, four boards, one assist, shot 41% from the field, 24% from three-point range. They're going to work with his shot. Peter Patton, the former star at DePaul, a shooting coach with Minnesota and Dallas, brought in to work with the Bulls, and uh, he obviously is going to be working now with the new second-round pick of the Bulls, Julian Phillips. According to one scouting report, Phillips, lengthy, extremely athletic, solid defender, had a 91.3 defensive rating, a 3.8 defensive box plus-minus in his lone season with the Volunteers. He also posted the highest vertical leap at the NBA Combine with 40 three inches so there you go in fact we have some tape regarding julian phillips 35th pick in the 2023 nba draft the boston celtics select julian phillips from the university of tennessee Julian Phillips' family and friends are right next to where our stage is set up, and you can hear the screaming of fans, of friends, of family members so excited for Julian Phillips. This pick, although it says the Boston Celtics, it is on the move to Washington. Let's take a look at the highlight here, Andrea. I mean, Julian Phillips, going to represent Tennessee. He is an extremely athletic 
slashing wing. He runs in transition, he crashes the glass, and he defends with passion. When you see two-way wing, two-way, he's locked down defensively. Opponents shot 26% when he was the primary defender this past season. That was top 10 in Division I. Not a great shooter. Way more field goals at the rim. He has to develop his shot, but athletically, the way he runs, the way he defends, that's how he, he will contribute early. As he makes. All right, so there is the uh, scouting report. It seems to be very, very consistent with the reports that we are receiving here. And uh, I just got a text from a scout who said he has an unbelievable upside. So, again, just another athletic piece for the Bulls to build on. And uh, we'll see uh, Julian Phillips, I'm sure, at Summer League Bowl in a couple of weeks in Las Vegas. Again, um, a very quiet night regarding blockbuster trades. Really, uh, most of the trades were consummated over the last couple of days, including uh, what we saw transpired with uh, Phoenix uh, and um, you know what, what happened there. But bottom line is the Wizards uh, were very active, along with uh, Memphis and Boston last night with Kristaps Porzingis headed to the Boston Celtics. He has picked up his option, apparently, for $36 million and then becomes an unrestricted free agent at the end of the 23-24 campaign. Marcus Smart, who is a tough, gritty former defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart now goes to Memphis, and he will take the place of Ja Morant, who will miss the first 25 games serving that NBA suspension. And then when Morant returns, you'll probably look at Smart playing the two-guard, but Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala uh, are headed to the Washington Wizards. And then Chris Paul was sent by the Wizards along with Isaiah Todd, Jordan Goodwin, and uh, Chris Paul uh, was dealt to the Wizards, and then he was dealt from the Wizards, and he goes to the Golden State Warriors as uh, Jordan Poole is now a member of of the uh, Wizards, along with Ryan Rollins, in a 2030 first-round pick, which is protected in a 2027 second-round pick. We'll have more in a moment. Let's take a break right here on 670 The Score, the home of your Chicago Bulls. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to Chuck Swirsky on 670 The Score. All right, welcome back right here on 670 The Score. We're waiting to uh, hear from Arturis Karnaschovas, the Executive Vice President 
of basketball operations for the Bulls. We're also going to hear from Mark Eversley, the general manager of the Bulls. The uh, Bulls made a trade, sending a couple of uh, future second-round picks, and they picked up the uh, 35th overall pick from the University of Tennessee in Julian Phillips. Very defensive-oriented, very, very athletic, can uh, jump out of the arena, and uh, a lockdown wing defender. And that's certainly great news. So, again, another piece to the puzzle, very athletic, and he will be at Summer League in Vegas along with Dale and Terry. Um, And um, we'll see what develops because there's a long way to go, folks. We haven't even gotten to the free agent situation yet regarding trades, free agent signings, so on and so forth. So pump the brakes a little bit. When you wake up in the morning, you're going to see that the Bulls didn't make a blockbuster deal. That's fine, okay, because we have a lot of ball left in terms of the offseason in the NBA. But for a number of teams, they already jumped into it, and that's fine because they've got probably a little bit more to deal with than the Bulls at this point. But that's where you can be very, very creative. And again, with the um, biannual and with the mid-level Uh, the Bulls will be able to improve their ball club as the uh, free agent market starts in another week or so. Uh, We want to hear from you at 312-644-6767-312-644-6767. That includes your text. That includes your calls. Because I think the the beauty of the NBA draft is that while you you get past maybe the first 10 picks, and then you truly find out a lot about your scouting staff. You find out about your player personnel department because then it becomes not only what position you're going for, but also who has an upside. And that's why I thought it was really, really interesting what Orlando did in the first round because Orlando um, was really desperate for shooters, and they had to make a decision. This Orlando ball club is going to be very interesting to watch in future years. But Orlando had to get a, uh, they wanted a guard, and they were looking for, and they've been trying to get the point guard. You know, they've been experimenting over the years with Fultz. They went for Suggs, and now they went for Anthony Black out of Arkansas, who right now his defense is probably ahead of his offense. Normally it's the other way around, where the offense is ahead of your defense. And so they went with Anthony Black, who comes from that Arkansas program, and Eric Musselman has done a great, great job in the SEC with that Arkansas program. So he's going to come in, and I'm expecting him to play quality, quality minutes, to say the least. Okay, so then they had the Bulls pick, the 11th overall pick, and on the board there was Jet Howard from the University of Michigan, coached by his father, Jawan, who played over 20 years in the NBA, and they had Grady Dick on the board uh, from Kansas. And so they elect to go with Jet Howard, and so they went to Orlando, and Grady Dick ends up with the 13th pick, and he went to Toronto. And the Raptors right now are in a situation where they've got a lot of assets, they've got a lot of players that other teams want. Having said that, they also have a player in Fred Van Fleet out of Rockford who is an unrestricted free agent, and he's going to get paid. And when we say paid, he's going to get paid. He's going to make over $30 million a year. 
He has been a really good player in this league. He's been an all-star player in this league. And the question is, is he going for the money or is he going to a team to win a ring? He already won a ring. My take is he's going for the money. And there are some teams right now who have that kind of money. And so it would not surprise me at all if a team swoops in first day of free agency and selects Fred Van Fleet to really run that ball club. Um, But again, that's why they went, Toronto did, with a shooting guard. And um, it's going to be very, very interesting in the Eastern Conference. Alyssa Bergamitti has joined us right here. Alyssa has done a great job during the course of the night with Mark Brody. Uh, at 670, the score, Cody Westerlin is uh, there as well. And Alyssa, when, when AK and Mark go to the table to address the media, just let us know and we'll let you go. But how are you doing? I'm doing good. Still here. Um, yeah. Everyone is, is waiting patiently for Arturis. Oh, you know what? They're checking the mic now, which is a good sign, which means that Arturis will hopefully be stepping up to the mic soon. Um, they're still in what they call the war room right now, so... Um, as you know, the media just kind of waiting patiently to hear um, what he has to say after um, tonight's NBA draft. Yep. Well, again, um, the 35th pick, Julian Phillips, is now a member of the um, Chicago Bulls from the University of Tennessee. Ironically, um, while he was not a first-round pick, Phillips went 35th overall, a high second-round pick. The Bears' first pick in the draft was 10th overall in the first round, also a young man from the University of Tennessee, Darnell Wright. So I'm sure Wright and Phillips somewhere, because of the fraternity of sports and athletics at a college campus, I'm sure their paths have probably crossed, don't you think? Yes, it's always comforting and a good connection, you know, when you're moving, wherever you are moving, to, to at least know someone. And it probably really helps when you are, um, you know, moving to a city where, you're going to be one of the top athletes and, you know, all eyes will be on you. And um, all the media is going right now to um, sit down and get ready for the press conference. So I think that is my sign to tell you guys that I think our tourists will be stepping up to the mic well, good. very you, shortly. Yeah. And, you know, our tourists came down and spoke with reporters in a very casual setting as you know, Alyssa, along with Mark Eversley, and it was great to see they were very, very relaxed. And I know for a fact that I'm sure, and we'll never know how deep discussions got, but I'm sure Mm -hmm. they they listened to a lot and they talked to a ton of people, don't you think? Oh, I'm sure, again, they're up there in what they call the war room. I would love to be on a fly on the wall, um, knowing what is going, you know, through those calls, what's, you know, being talked about. So hopefully we get some answers. Um, of course, the Bulls beat writers have great, great questions and um, kind of, you know, really interested to hear what he has to say after tonight. Yeah. Well, again, you wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't listen and if you didn't talk. Yeah. And I know AK right. and Mark do that. As, as every general manager, it doesn't matter what sport, whether you're talking baseball, football, basketball, hockey, you got to listen and you got to pick up the phone and you also have to initiate calls because that's part of the business. I mean, it just makes sense to do that. That doesn't mean you're going to make a deal or that you're going to accept every time someone offers you a trade, but you wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't listen and if you didn't initiate some type of talk, and sometimes it clicks and sometimes it doesn't. 
Yeah, and I think the fans really appreciate, of course, the fans and, you know, everyone involved just to hear what um, is being said from the leaders of the organization because you know how it goes. Everyone has questions and they want the answers right away. So it's, it's you know, nice to hear from them forward-facing and exactly what is going through their heads, going, you know, what in what went into today um, and just really looking forward to, you know, what is upcoming this season. Yes. Having said that, they also have to be, they're walking a fine line because they'll listen, they can't really reveal what was discussed. They can't. Exactly. They, they, you can't go public and talk about your players in trade talks or talk about other players on other teams in trade talks because that would be a disaster. You, you would be violating every trust factor around. So teams have to be careful. And, and for the most part, they are very, very careful. Um, and they're very polished in how to handle the media and what they can say. And more importantly, what they can't say. And, and I mean, Alyssa, you know, you, you're around the White Sox 24-7. Mm-hmm. And when Rick Hahn meets with the media, I mean, and someone says, well, you know, tell me, are you, are you looking at this guy, that guy? He can't go into right. that. You know, yeah, that's kind of the beauty of it all because it kind of leaves it open for um, interpretation, and that is their job, you know, to be professional and and you know, kind of keep things under wraps because then that's how you know rumors and everything um, get started. And Chuck, I have to tell you too that once you left, everyone wanted to know where you went. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> you I'm said, sure. where, where'd Chuck go? And yeah. I said, well, he's he's doing the show from the studio. Yes. So uh, everyone loved that, but. Um, you haven't missed too much. As you said, you know, they got the 35th pick um, and, you know, shortly hearing from Arturis and seeing what he has to say um, about that pick. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's uh, it's funny because I was reading a tweet today. That's how I get my information now. Okay. It's on Twitter. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. It's on Twitter. It must be true. But, uh, yes. Jay, but, but Jason Tatum uh, tweeted something to the effect of, can we just like get our information from like, you know, when it happens instead of these sources, because if you exactly. take a look, Alyssa, over the last, mm-hmm. let's say 48 to 72 hours, and there were some trades that were consummated that came right. to fruition, but there were a lot of things that were out there that didn't happen where this, this trade is on the verge of happening. It never happened. You know, yes. I mean, Those are why rumors are sometimes just rumors where people, I think, really look into a lot of it and really anything could happen on days like today. Um, I mean, even just talking about the Bulls, people are like, oh, you know, Damar or or Zach, you you know, that's just rumors that are swirling. And as we saw, nothing really came to fruition there. Well, and, and again, someone says, well, how do these start? Well, Maybe an agent leaks information out because he wants to get his client's name out there. Maybe someone hears hearsay gossip and they just mm-hmm. put it out there. And before you know it, one thing leads to the next that leads to the next that leads to a, a published report. And, of course, sources are never very, 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 very seldom identified, if ever. And so now you're going on a report that appears either through social media or in a newspaper or a television radio report, and people get excited or people are saying, right. what are they doing? And when really there was no substance to it. Right. 
Well, Chuck, you're by, you're by both source. So <laughs> if anyone is looking for a source for me, um, it, it is you and it is Bill. <laughs> well, you know what? Here's the thing. I stay out of that because I, I just, you know, I, I've never understood. I've never understood why people leak information when it could have uh, an effect on the framework on the story of what, on that person, right? Uh, on, I, not only that, but also on a, on their family. People tend to, mm-hmm. for, you know, when 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 people are losing their jobs or people are being traded, it's just not the athlete or the coach. You know, they've got families and they hear this stuff, and it, right. it, it and it does have a profound effect. Now, people can say, well, it comes with the territory. It's a part of the job. They have to deal with it. They're handsomely paid, so on and so forth. And all that's true. But I've so never. I'm going to tell, tell you now, Chuck, our tourists did just step up to the mic. So right. I want you guys to hear the yes, sound. Yes, so yes, yes. Great chatting Thank with you. you. All right, Alyssa, appreciate you. Bye. All right, okay, let's go bye, to AK right now on 670 The Score. And we will go to our tourist corner show us in a moment, and we're bringing you live coverage on 670 The Score. Okay, so we understand we're going to make sure we want to get that uh, everything coordinated from the Advocate uh, Center. Um, and um, our tourist is sitting down right now with Mark Eversley. They're going over, I'm sure, uh, the situation with the 35th pick in Julian Phillips, and as soon as we get that lined up and we can bring it to you live right here on uh, 670 The Score, the um, second round is about completed, and so if we can make sure that we can go there for live coverage, uh, we will get them on the air, and uh, so we can learn a lot about what went into their thinking to select Julian Phillips from the University of Tennessee, and more importantly, uh, overall, um, what happened or what didn't happen today as far as the possible trades, understanding that, again, this is very early in the process uh, regarding what the Bulls will be able to do in the offseason. There's plenty more to come. Let's go to our tourist Connor Chauvis. Freshman, 19 years old, uh, multi-positional defender, athletes in uh, in a draft 43 inch vertical and you know he can step in uh, right now you know probably can defend uh, on our level but he has a lot of things obviously to improve and but we're looking forward to he's very young and has he's very talented I was just curious, AK, about the, uh, I guess, Cody Westerland from 670 score, but the thought process of trading up and then taking a guy who, like you just said, has room to improve, that is a freshman coming out of college. Was there a thought process to taking an older player, someone more ready in the rotation, or how do you balance those things? No, we we just target most talented guys, and, you know, and, you know, because our group had them much higher. Um, um, you know, we looked at a lot of uh, things in the first round as well, and it just came out that you know we we had a good transaction in the second round, and we got a very good player, so we're pretty happy with that. 
Casey Johnson with NBC Sports Chicago. Um, Arturis, this may be more of a symbolic question, but with uh, Jet Howard's uh, selection by the Orlando Magic tonight, that officially closes the books on that mm -hmm. Nikola Vucevic trade. Two years and three months down the road, how do you assess that trade? I think it was uh, a beginning where we try to um, build here in Chicago. I think that transaction when we brought Vooch here uh, showed everyone that we're trying to to win. I think uh, once we brought Vooch, you know, uh, we brought in Demar, we brought Alex Caruso, we brought Zoe, and I think you know that started, you know trying to, you know, improve our team and try to be competitive. And, you know, I thought I thought that deal worked out pretty well for us. Yes, AK. Uh, so uh, when it came to that draft pick, how much did the Derrick Jones Jr. Um, announcement impact you drafting another athletic forward with similar traits? Mark, what would you like to that. <laughs> he said AK. Okay. Um, I mean, it played a bit of a factor, no doubt. Um, you know, DJ for everything he brought to the court, the athleticism, the length, um, his ability to get out and defend multiple positions. Um, you know, Julian fits a lot of the, that, those same attributes. And, you know, as we sat up there and went through it and figured out who was available and who wasn't, um, it played a little bit of a part. Um, you know, again, they're both very similar in terms of the way they play and style of play. And, you know, we're excited about bringing him into the fold. Yeah, Mark, another one for you. Um, this is two straight years you all have drafted players who need work shooting. Mm -hmm. What is the plan? How do you explain to your fan base that you need shooting, but you're <clears> drafting <throat> players who aren't great shooters? You know, when we both uh, showed up here a few years ago, we talked a lot about player development and internal growth. Um, you know, we recently hired a new Player, uh, director of player development to focus just on that shooting and you know being shot ready and being uh, ready to shoot the ball when you're open so it's something that's very important to us um, we'll continue to work on it every single day and again we've addressed it in terms of our coaching staff and hiring somebody recently Artur, as you mentioned earlier, that you guys were potentially targeting some first-round picks. How urgent did that kind of feel tonight of wanting to push up into the first round, or are you satisfied with landing where you did? No, it's it's not urgent. You're just looking for value in the draft, or the way we put it. But you know, we we've had some some looks in in the first, but we thought that the the best value we can get is at the position that we acquired, you know, Julian and. It worked out very well, I think. Drew Stevens with the Bigs, um, AK and Mark. Given Julian Phillips' reputation as not being much of a shooter right now at this period of time, how much more of a premium will you guys put on shooting going into free agency? Well, I, I think, you know, after the season, uh, I think I'm, <laughs> I mentioned that we're trying to change our shooting profile. Uh, being, you know, last in the league in, in rate from a three and, and three-point makes. So I think we're going to try to address that in offseason. Collier, uh, ESPN. Um, it's been a few months since Lonzo has had his surgery. What's new? What's the latest on him? Is he able to do anything? And 
kind of where is he at at this point? Well, he's, you know, he's recovering nicely. Uh, I think uh, last month he got off the crutches and, you know, he's recovering, um, doing his rehab. Um, you know, everything is going well. Um, going into off season, I think our expectation is that he's not coming back next season and he's going to continue on his recovery. Um, if he comes back, it would be great. But we're just going to treat this off season and getting ready for the season that he's he's not going to be back next season. That'd be two years potentially of him not playing. Do you have confidence that he's going to be able to play for you guys at any point in the future? No, I hope eventually you're going to see him on a basketball court. But I do not think he's going to be back next season. Where does that stand? What's going to be kind of the plan with, with Vooch? I think work in progress. I think... Uh, we kind of taking what step at a step at a time, you know, draft right now and we're gonna, you know continue talking to to Vooch and representation and you know, we have uh, a ton of uh, free agents. Uh a couple of them restricted, uh unrestricted, so we're gonna short term, you know, we're gonna figure it out. Uh, Mark Herman, WGN. Just overall, the, at the top of the draft, Victor Wembanyama. Like no one's ever seen a player like that enter the league. Did you ever think you'd see a guy who that long who plays like he does? And what do you think his impact will be? He's pretty incredible. Um, you know, for me, he's probably one of the best 18-year-olds I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, if he stays healthy, if he stays committed to the game, he's got a chance to be a generational type talent. Um, you know, he's got a lot of, beyond the length and the skill, his ability to shoot the ball, protect the rim, he's uh, he's got a chance to be elite. Um, following up on the Lonzo line of thinking, uh, how does that impact the way that you approach the point guard position in this off season and kind of what's been the, the front office approach to that? Well, I think, again, we're going to look at this free agency. We we have a lot of free agents. Um, and we're going to address shooting, address the lead position. And, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, this is the time to, to talk about it. And we have group next week. We're going to, you know, we're going to address it. And once the free agency starts... I'm sure there's information is going to come out, and we'll see what we have. But there's a lot of work to do. Um, you know, we have to get better, and we're going to address that. AK, it sounds like from everything we heard from you that you guys are still can. You know, you, you want to try to build the roster. You're not looking at uh, rebuild, but given the situation with Lonzo Ball, I know you guys are still holding out hope. Is there any chance of you guys maybe waving and stretching? Is that on the table at all? No, no, it's not. Not at this time, no. I have a question. Um, Zach Levine once again landed in trade rumors, some of which were maybe accurate and some of which maybe were fabricated. Uh, just, I know you're not going to address specific conversations, but um, just kind of overall, where, where is Zach standing within this organization? 
I think, I think you know, as, as always, we're not going to comment on rumors, but I think we all were disappointed the way uh, the season ended. And Zach, I think, was one of the guys that was very disappointed the way it ended in Miami. And uh, he went into offseason to, to get better, and he's already working out with uh, our, you know, with uh, Ty Abbott, our player development, um, you know, in L.A. So he started his work, he started early. Um, so he's, um, he's trying to get better. So I think... Uh, I think a lot of our guys right now already in off season, you know, working working hard and trying to get better and get ready for the season. So um Derek Jones during the season kind of indicated that he might or would opt in. Um were you surprised uh, you know based on his decision like I mean Mark I said, I don't participate in their decision so it's it's up to uh, up to players so um, you know, well, he's he, you're talking about Derek Jones, right? Derek Jones. Yeah. So I, I think he's a free agent right now, and you know, when the time comes, we're going to be talking to him as well. So, I mean, I I think uh, about know, possibly bringing him back. Yes, there's a, always possibility too. So, do, do you know about the circumstances with Andre Drummond yet? Because we know. still don't know. We still okay. don't know. So he's, he's going to make a decision. And one other, there's obviously always a lot of rumors, speculation goes on before the draft, free agency and all. What would your, your attitude or response or how would you characterize all the stuff that was talked about regarding the Bulls that you, you might have read about leading up to I that? do not follow that. I don't, do not read that. I think I'm focused on, you know, what our group thinks and how we can improve this team. And I think... As we said that before, I think we have a lot of work to do. And, you know, you're obviously uh, writing about how much work we need to do. And uh, people telling me that, you know, we need to get to it. So we will this week, and we're going to address our stuff in free agency. You mentioned the shooting coach. I assume you're talking about Peter Patton. Is yep. that correct? Can you talk a little bit more about what, uh, why you guys brought him in? Any prior relationship you guys had, and what's he's, what's the plan to to utilize him over the summer? So I think you know AK talked a lot about it um, at the end of the season when he sat before you guys and he talked about our shooting profile and you know the need to increase not only three point looks but you know, just shooting in general. And, you know, as a team, our shooting needs to improve. And we sat as a group and talked about what are the things that we need to do. And one of them we thought about was we needed to hire a shooting coach. Um, Peter comes to us not only as a shooting coach, but somebody can actually oversee our player development function. Um, we thought we needed a fresh look. We thought we needed to look at a different approach. And he brings a wealth of experience to that position. So. We're excited about having him here in our building, working with our coaching staff, working with our players, and we feel like he can help um, the overall look and feel of how we um, play the game and shoot the ball. I, I kind of asked this question in mid-April. I'm going to try to ask it again. Um, you've talked about all the work you have to do in free agency, and obviously you guys have goals and targets in mind right now as to what you want to accomplish in free agency, but you've also expressed a desire to resign 
Nikola Vucevic, Kobe White, Ayo Desumu. I'm not great at math, but my math takes you guys really close to the luxury tax line if you resign those three guys. So how are you going to also use the mid-level exception and address needs in free agency if you want to retain your own free agents, or maybe you don't? Very long question, as always, <laughs> Casey. Uh, I think it all depends, you know, on free agency how that goes. And you know, I, like I, you know, uh, Jerry and Michael have been always open uh, with me to go into luxury tax if 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 our team is competitive. Um, um, you know, top four, top six in the East. It, you know, if if there are players in free agency that we can, you know. <laughs> there we go. Uh, that can improve our team, and we're you know we're competitive. Uh, you know, we'll we'll retain you know we'll retain our free agent. Yes. Um, a couple quick housekeeping items. Will you extend qualifying offers to Io and Kobe? Can we even talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yes. It's, okay. Um, yes. I mean, uh, like, like I said, you know, we we talked about at the end of this season about Kobe and Io. I think they they developing, you know, uh, young players. So we're gonna we're gonna address that in free agencies. So. And then a quick one follow up on Lonzo. You said you're operating under the assumption he won't return. Will you apply for the disabled player exception that I think is about half his salary? We'll, again, we'll meet up as a group and we'll decide what we're going to do, so. Yeah, Arturis, uh, for fans who might look at the situation and be disappointed that you didn't, that you stood pat at the deadline and that you didn't make a big trade, you know, leading into the, you know, involving draft night. What's your message to that segment of the fan base? Well, I think we made a move in the draft. Uh, I know it's a disappointment. It's not in first round, but uh, we did. Uh, but they will have to wait until, I think, until the free agency and to see what we look like uh, after that. Okay, you've been listening to live coverage right here on 670 The Score. And again, just to recap, uh, very excited the uh, Bulls are over their uh, second-round pick, Julian Phillips. Uh, very athletic, solid defender, 43-inch uh, vertical leap. And um, so I think that uh, the Bulls right now, as you heard from our tourists, they want to sign their free agents. They also want to take care of business with uh, other free agents uh, that become available once the uh, NBA embargo is lifted in uh, another week or so. Uh, apparently, uh, Lonzo Ball, they're not expecting him to hoop in uh, 23-24. Tyler Ferengol has joined us right here on 670 The Score. And Tyler, what you make out of hearing from AK and Mark? Yeah, a lot of the stuff that they were saying there, Chuck, a little bit interesting. I think, again, they're trying to give the reporters kind of like 
what they want, but not necessarily they don't want to give everything away because they know they're pretty handicapped, but they don't want to necessarily say exactly what their plan is or how they're going to go about it. Yeah. And, and again, that's their right. That's their privilege. That's why they're in that job. I totally get it. Totally understand it. Um, there's a lot of work to do. And I think they were very, very transparent about that. Um, this is, this is tough because of the situation with the cap, they've got free agents that they respect that they want back because the foundation, because the culture that these players bring, they're high character people. At the same time, they have to go outside the organization to improve their ball club. So it's that fine line, Tyler. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's an exact science to get to that point as much as, okay, here's the X number dollars, what we have. Now, how are we going to find and manage a way to get people back, but also improve the team? Exactly. But I was going to ask you something, though, in particular, Chuck, if if you were AK or Mark Eversley, was there a specific player or two that you would try to maybe gauge interest from another team? Like, I know they don't have a lot, but let, let's say Portland is now interested in dealing Damian Lillard. Would would you be on the phone with them or would, would, there, would there be any other team that you would try to? go after and get, let's say. Well, I, I think Damian Lillard right now, if, if Portland goes into a major rebuild, okay, and that's what it would be. When you trade a Damian Lillard, you're looking at either getting a young player or two back, but also draft picks. So if you're a team that wants to acquire, anytime you want to acquire a major in-your-prime superstar player, you're going to have to give up something. You just can't get a player or two on the peripheral. They want players who can play right now at a very high level. And, oh, by the way, we want three first-round picks, at least three first-round picks and player swaps, meaning that if my team wins 42 games and your team wins 28 games, we're going to swap and I get the draft slot of you instead of me. Now, so having said all this, I think that Damian Lillard right now is probably going to take a long, hard look at whether or not he wants to remain in Portland, knowing that they couldn't swing a trade, or whether or not he says, okay, you know what, I'm all in. I want to mentor Scoot Henderson. I want to see what Portland can bring, knowing that even though Henderson is going to, in my opinion, be a terrific player, you're still looking at a rookie. And so how much can you realistically expect in 23-24 from the third overall pick? He may have a terrific season, but at the end of the day, he's still a rookie. And the the clock is running out on Damian Lillard in terms of his window as a major, major star player. He probably has that window of two or three years left, and then father time waits for no man. So if you're Portland now, the way that relationship has been built with trust over the years, Tyler, I think they go to Damien and say, you tell us what you want to do. And if you want to go to Miami, we're not going to give you away to Miami, but we will talk to them and we will try and put the best trade together without hurting us. Because as much as they love Damien Lillard, they got to look at the big picture for their own franchise, for their own organization, for their own fan base, as much as they love Damian Lillard. So if he says, yes, I want to go to Miami, 
And if Miami can't put a package together and all of a sudden Brooklyn or New York come into play and say, hey, we've got a package for you and it's just too good, okay, you have to say to yourself, then that's what we're going to do. You're exactly right. And I heard you mention earlier, Chuck, I'll get to that in just a second, but just thinking of it now, Damian Lillard on the Miami Heat would be very intriguing because obviously you're talking about a guy that in an in an um in an era where free agency has been uh, as just as active as any other era in basketball and in sports history, Damian Lillard has been really the one guy that has remained loyal to his team. Obviously, he's going to be 33 years old in about a couple of weeks here, has never left Portland, but it seems like the time is now. And I heard you mention earlier, Chuck, about Miami and Brooklyn being the two teams that are most involved in the Lillard sweepstakes now that Bradley Beal got dealt to Phoenix. But I threw out maybe the Bulls. It, if I'm Damian Lillard, and I'm asking you this, if I'm Damian Lillard, do you think the Bulls are an intriguing spot? Like, if I'm Damian Lillard, am I liking the potential to go to Chicago? Well, I mean, you would you would hope so, but, you know, Portland wants draft picks, and the Bulls are already committed to giving the 25 pick to San Antonio. So I would I would think Portland wants picks available starting next year and beyond. And... I, I mean, I'm looking at the draft capital right now of Brooklyn. They got a lot of picks coming up because of Phoenix. Um, I'm looking at New York, a boatload of picks that the Knicks have. You're looking at Miami that they can probably be creative. You have to understand that if Damian Lillard goes to Miami, and again, I don't know whether or not he's going to get traded, but hypothetically, if if he comes to Portland and says, this has been Unbelievable ride. I love Portland. One day there's probably his jersey's already quote unquote retired. We know that. Oh, no for one sure. will ever. And there's going to be a statue of Damian Lillard outside the Motor Center. I can tell you that right now. All right. It's going to happen. Period. But let's say he says, okay, if you if you can make a deal to Miami, I'll I'll go. Well, you know that Kyle Lowry is going to be in that deal. He's making 30 million. And his, and his contract comes off the books, which would be very, very appealing to Portland. Because if you're going to go for a major rebuild, you want expiring contracts, you want young player or two, and you want draft picks. If you're going to do it right, that's how you're going to do it. And that's what Utah has done when they got rid of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Okay? We want expiring contracts. We want a good young player, i.e. Larry Marketing. Colin Sexton. Um, now Walker Kessler. And and they drafted Walker Kessler a year ago. So they, they're they building a base, okay? It's not going to happen overnight. They're building a base. That's yeah. what I'm – and that's kind of what I'm hoping to see. Like, it, Damian Lillard is probably going to be the biggest domino left in this free agency. He, he's the first player if, if he decides that he wants to be traded. Yeah. He could come back and say, you know what, I'm here – the grass necessarily isn't greener on the other side. I I do want to win, but I want to see this thing through, and I want to mentor Scoot Henderson. And I want to see what the front office can do to build a team um, and try and mix and match whether Simons is going to get, you know, dealt, Nurkic, whomever. But let's see what they can do because they have a brand-new front office. And uh, new head coach Chauncey Billups just finished up his first year. So there's a lot of change in Portland. So, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued to see, you know, what the future of Damian Lillard holds. Yes.
So I would think once we get past the Damian Lillard thing, things kind of fall into place. I think other players, um, probably a lot of GMs have been talking over the last week, and they probably said, let's get through the draft. And once we get through the draft, let's see where we're at. And once they get through the draft and free agency happens, there's going to be a lot of movement. Tyler, thank you for your time. I want to thank all of our listeners. We've had nonstop coverage throughout the day right here on 670 of the score. More to come. But again, the Bulls with Julian Phillips from the University of Tennessee, only 19 years young. Great, great high school star in the state of South Carolina. Athletic, defense, wingspan, 43-inch vertical. Uh, Just a great, great upside. This is Chuck Swirsky. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening on 670 The Score. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.